I am so confident that Malik Monk will choose to remain with the Sacramento Kings that I'm calling my shot the offseason before he has to make that decision. And I'll tell you why right here on Locked on Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all off-season long. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA or enter promo code LockedOnNBA, all one word, for a free water bottle with any purchase. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports reporter and producer for ABC 10 News. And very quickly, last season, I became a big fan of Malik Monk. In fact, going back to the uh, the, the De'Aaron Fox draft, uh, when the Sacramento Kings uh, made the move that they did, if you remember, they also had the 10th pick in that draft. They actually acquired that pick in the DeMarcus Cousins trade. They ended up sending that pick to Portland. Uh, I think it was Portland that they sent it to for two later first-round picks that became Justin Jackson and Harry Giles, if I'm not mistaken. I thought initially they were going to use that 10th pick to draft Malik Monk in addition to De'Aaron Fox and bring that Kentucky backcourt to Sacramento. Well, it eventually happened, but I liked the idea then, and I loved actually seeing it last season. And it's honestly a good thing that we got this version of the Fox and Monk Kings backcourt, even if one is starting and one is coming off the bench, more mature players. And especially when it comes to Malik Monk, it took him a little while. He's certainly not had the easiest of NBA journeys through his time in Charlotte, a little bit of a breakout in Los Angeles, and then establishing himself last season uh, in Sacramento. It's not been an easy journey for him, but here he is at a point to where I think he's found his NBA home. I think he is a perfect fit for the Sacramento Kings and vice versa. I think the Sacramento Kings are a perfect fit for him, so much so that a little less than a year from now, when hopefully the Sacramento Kings have wrapped up another very successful season, let's say they make it to the Western Conference Finals. They have a big decision to make with bringing back Malik Monk. I don't think it's much of a decision for the Sacramento Kings. At this point in time, I have no problem saying that the Kings are going to want to do everything in their power to bring Malik back. Of course, the context of next season uh, could change some things. But the reality is, if we get to a position where the Kings don't want to reach or bring Malik Monk back, that means something probably went wrong this season, and none of us should be rooting for that, right? We should be rooting for when we get to the June-July free agency period of next year, of 2024, that the Sacramento Kings are eagerly trying to bring Malik Monk back and get a deal done uh, on day one of free agency or even one of those deals that's announced before free agency begins. And I think that's what's going to happen. I'm very confident that the Sacramento Kings are going to want to bring Malik Monk back by whatever means necessary. And I'm very confident that Malik Monk is going to want to come back to Sacramento. I think he's going I, I think Sacramento makes so much sense for him for a lot of reasons. And I and I wrote some of these reasons down, just why I feel at this point in time so confident that not only will Malik return to the Sacramento Kings, that Malik is going to want to come back to the Kings to where maybe it's not even a question. Now, I think for sure there are going to be other teams that are interested in Malik Monk. 
Absolutely. I think there are going to be a handful of teams that are going to make bids for Malik Monk. And I don't know what kind of money he's going to command on the open market. It's certainly going to be more than the $8 million per year. I believe that's the number that he's making right now. The Kings have Malik Monk on a bargain of a deal right now. He's going to get paid next offseason. I don't know if that's $15 million, $16, $17 million a year, maybe even more than that. I'm not sure. But I think the Sacramento Kings are going to be in a good position to be able to bring Malik Monk back. And again, I think Malik is going to want to, of course, he's going to want to get that bag. He's going to want to get paid that first major contract, really, of his career that he's going to have earned at that point. But I think Malik Monk is going to want to choose to remain uh, in Kings purple and black for the uh, foreseeable future of his career. And here's why. The obvious reason jumps off the page, right? De'Aaron Fox is here. Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox are best friends, roommates in college, the Kentucky backcourt. Why would Malik Monk want to leave that? But honestly, in this entire list, it's appropriate for me to start with De'Aaron Fox because I believe truly that that matters the least in this list. And I'm not saying that in a way that's begrudging the friendship that they have. Their friendship is so solid to where I know Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox, rather. I know De'Aaron Fox would fully support Malik chasing that bag or getting that opportunity. If he gets a payday that he can't refuse and goes to the Memphis Grizzlies or whatever team he chooses, he goes to that team and takes that payday from them or leaves and goes for a bigger role, then I know uh, I know De'Aaron Fox is not going to be upset by that or turn his nose up by that. And I, I shouldn't say I know that. I'm very confident in that. They have a solid enough relationship to where I think De'Aaron genuinely wants what's best for Malik and Malik genuinely wants what's best for De'Aaron. But the good news is, I think both of those align with Malik staying in Sacramento. What's best for the Kings, what's best for Fox, and what's best for Malik is going to be Malik turning, returning here to Sacramento. So the De'Aaron Fox side of things, the De'Aaron Fox reason for why I'm confident Malik will return and choose to stay here is actually kind of towards the bottom of the list in terms of importance. I think his role is significantly more important. And I think some people are going to stop at starter or bench player and and just end there, right? Well, Malik Monk is not a starter here, although he sometimes plays starter caliber minutes. He is a closer, but he is that sixth man for the Sacramento Kings. Is potentially a sixth man of the year candidate this season. I think is going to be end up being a sixth man of the year favorite, or at least in the top three when this season is said and done. So it's not. I'm not talking just starter versus bench role because maybe there's a team out there that says, "Hey, Malik, come play for us. You're our starting two, no matter what. Like you're our guy." And I'm sure that would entice Malik. He's definitely not going to absolutely say no to any other offers from all 29 teams just because he's so enamored with the Sacramento Kings that he wants to stay. I know he's not. He and his agent aren't foolish, right? But it goes beyond like starter and bench role. When I say role, I mean like how you contribute to your team, the way that you play. And Malik has been very open. He talked about this multiple times last season, how he was playing for the Sacramento Kings, how he was able to play, how he was able to kind of come out of his shell a little bit, open up his game to be the scorer that we know he was, the shooter that we believed him to be, but also the playmaker, the passer, the ball handler, the leader that Malik Monk became for the Sacramento Kings last season. The Kings, Mike Brown, put him in a position to be that here in Sacramento. And there's no guarantee that another team will allow him to be himself and express. It's not just allowing someone 
to be themselves and express themselves. If, if you're a star, a team's going to let you do whatever the hell you want, right? Because you're a star and, and you're the guy and we're paying you like that. Malik Monk, at best, is going to be paid as a solid starter in the league. I don't think anybody's going to label Malik Monk a star, and I don't think that's rude or, or mean to say. I think Malik knows he is extremely important without having that, that star label. He can have games where he absolutely looks like a star, a la Band-Aid Monk last season or the 40-point game that he had uh, in Los Angeles against the Clippers. But Malik is not getting a, a star's payday and a star's welcome from some team unless that team is massively overextending and massively reaching next offseason. That's just the reality of the situation. So that team might want Malik to join them, but then they want to plug Malik in their system. The Sacramento Kings system right now under Mike Brown, and there's no reason to believe that Mike's going anywhere. So the way the Sacramento Kings are going to play for the foreseeable and hopefully extended future is how Malik likes to play. The Kings system encourages that fancy, flashy ball handling, those slinging bounce passes that I love so much, attacking the rim, playing with flash, bringing that energy, throwing lobs or receiving lobs from De'Aaron Fox. Times where the two of them are on the floor together. Other times where Malik is completely taking over the offense whilst De'Aaron Fox is on the bench. Like these are all factors into Malik's role that I think is not only perfect for him and how he wants to play basketball, it's perfect for the Sacramento Kings system. And then there's success, too. There's no guarantee that the Sacramento Kings are going to win a championship if Malik signs a deal to stay with the Kings. Right? There's no guarantee of that at all. What's cool is this Kings starting lineup, which of course excludes Malik Monk because he's not a starter, this Kings starting lineup is under contract together for the next three years. Some have longer contracts than that, but the, the, the minimum contract, the, the, the shortest contract, which I think is Kevin Herter's now, has three years remaining on his deal. If Malik Monk signs a two-plus-year deal to return to the Sacramento Kings next offseason, that's your top six guys that are under contract on the same length of time, or at least a similar length of time. That's You're, you're, you're building consistency. You're keeping that core together. You're building... The makings of a dynasty. Of course, that team has to be good enough. If you're committing that much money to your top six guys, you have to believe that those top six guys are going to get you to that championship window. And maybe we'll have an idea of if they're capable of that or not, more context of that when we get to next offseason. But I think Malik Monk knows that if he signs with the Sacramento Kings, not only is he staying with his, his friend and De'Aaron Fox, not only is he staying in a system that encourages him to play the game, not just the way he wants to play, but the way he's meant to play, the way that brings out the best in him. He's joining a group that is expected to stay together, win together, and be successful for an extended period of time. That lack of turnover, that consistency in that area, that solidarity in a locker room, the peace of mind knowing that for the most part, this team, the core of this team is going to be the same the length of time that you're here and you're not going to be thrown into a fire sale where suddenly you're the last guy left or one of two guys left when the other four guys of the core have been traded away when things didn't work. Now, there's no 100% guarantee of that, but I imagine that's something that would be enticing to, to Malik. But also, I think this is a big thing too. Job security. There's, there's no such thing as an 100% guarantee that your job will never be at risk. No such thing at all. Because whether it's via trade or via 
hopefully, knock on wood, like a, a bad season where the Kings have a high draft pick, like the, they might find themselves in a situation where suddenly there is a really, really good shooting guard that is now on the Kings roster, a young shooting guard that is in a position to take his job or take his role or take some of his minutes. You can never forecast that. As of right now, though, Malik has to look at this roster and realize nobody is truly a threat to his job here on this team. Nobody. Like The closest one, I think you could say, is Davion Mitchell, but they don't play the same position. Davion Mitchell is technically the second-string point guard, although Malik Monk last season took over a lot of those secondary ball handler and, and secondary playmaker responsibilities for the Kings last season. That's like the biggest area where I could see someone taking a role from Malik on this team. Because for the most part, like what happens with De'Aaron Fox, De'Aaron Fox getting more opportunity, that doesn't affect Malik at all. Demontis Sabonis getting more opportunity at center, that doesn't affect Malik at all. And then the next man up, the next young star who's going to elevate himself into the hopefully spotlight for the Sacramento Kings, is a forward in Keegan Murray. So Malik can sign and remain with the Sacramento Kings with as close to a guarantee as you can have at that point in time of, I am with the team where my role is not just needed for this Kings team, it is essential to their success. And I am the only guy here that can perform that role to the level that the Kings need. If I re-sign with the Sacramento Kings, I have full confidence that I am going to remain an important piece of this team, even if I'm still coming off the bench in that six-man role. That job security, I think, is something that's going to be very enticing to Malik Monk. So, of course, there's De'Aaron Fox. There's the role that he plays, and more specifically, the style of basketball that he plays. There's the success of the Kings team, the forecasted, projected success, the or the, the championship window, opening that championship window, as Monty McNair likes to call it. By the time Malik Monk is signing with the Kings, going into next season, like no matter what happens this season, ideally the Kings are in a position next season to where that we're talking about the Kings as contenders next year. Hopefully the Kings improve, even if it's just marginal improvement. Let's say they get to 50 wins this year. Let's say they're still a top four seed. Let's say they make it out of the first round of the playoffs and lose in the second round. Regardless, we're looking at the 2024-2025 season as this is the year. This team has been together long enough. Malik Monk just re-signed. You got your core six together. This is the year that you make to the NBA Finals, that you're in the Western Conference Finals, that you're really, really making, you're, you're amongst the top contenders in the league for a championship. Ideally, that's how this season is going to go, and that's where the Kings and Kings talking heads like myself are going to be at by next year, hopefully. If Malik Monk signs with the Sacramento Kings, he knows that he's part of that core. I'm very confident. I, I honestly, at this point in time, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it, but I would be willing to put money down on Malik Monk remaining a Sacramento King. I think it just makes way too much sense. Of course, we need the context of next season. Things can go wrong. God forbid there's any kind of injuries or anything like that, but that's not, I don't, we don't even, we shouldn't even talk about it. We shouldn't even manifest it. As of right now, we have no reason to believe that anything is going to go wrong or things are not going to work with Malik Monk in Sacramento. We have no reason to believe that. All indications are that Malik is great here. He's a perfect fit here. And the Sacramento Kings are going to want to bring him back. And I'm proceeding that way. And in thinking that way, I believe 
that Malik and the Kings are a long-term fit that neither side is going to want to budge from. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs simply make you look good. Isn't that the point of clothes? Don't you just want to wear clothes that are not only comfortable, but also make you look good? Well, Bird Dogs does just that. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Even if you're a stick like myself, a skinny stick like myself, they make you look good. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as like Lululemons, but they fit better, they look better, and they're more comfortable because they aren't made of a stiff, restricting cotton like a lot of these other shorts are. Their fabric uh, is is comfortable, and on top of that, it has a really good uh, anti-stink and sweat-wicking fabric. So whether you're just wearing them through the day, maybe you're, you're doing what I do. I like to wear bird dogs when I'm going out golfing. Like bird dog shorts are great golfing shorts. You're out there in the hot sun, out there for four or five hours, playing 18 holes. Sometimes that's the, the smell of that can, can catch up to you. Well, bird dogs, you don't have that problem with their shorts. And bird dogs are fun functional for any occasion, whether, like I said, you're playing golf, you're going out to some kind of casual Labor Day type barbecue, or if you want to wear like bird dogs pants to something nice, a nice little evening get together, you can absolutely do that. Birddogs.com slash locked on NBA or enter promo code locked on NBA at checkout. Do that right now for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So I was talking Kings basketball with a friend of mine the other day, and he asked a really intriguing question because he knows I am as close to an eternal Kings optimist as you can possibly be. He knows how fired up I am for the Sacramento Kings next season. His name's Jake, and he, he, Jake asked me, he goes, Matt, I know you're excited about this season. I know you think the Sacramento Kings are going to do really, really well next season. What concerns you the most about the Kings next season? First thing that came to my mind, of course, is the defense. That's the easy answer, right? The defense is the biggest pitfall of this Kings team. Hopefully, as a team, they can improve. There are concerns that they didn't do enough personnel-wise to address those concerns. In fact, you could argue the biggest personnel move they made this offseason, the addition of Sasha Vazenkov, is very offensive-focused and has shortcomings on the defensive end. Maybe Chris Duarte is someone who can help uh, address those defensive needs. But ultimately, defense is still very much a concern. But truthfully, as the more I thought about it, like that's not the biggest concern that I have with the Kings is on the defensive end. Because... Uh, to me, a concern is something that I'm not necessarily mentally prepared for. Like, I'm mentally prepared for the Kings' defense to still be bad at times, to still struggle at times. And I'm mentally prepared for the offense to be good enough to carry them through, even in the playoffs, right? And actually, in the playoffs is where the defense for the Kings looked the best last season. So the defense actually isn't the biggest concern for me. And then I thought, what about like the weight of expectations? And I'm actually going to be joined by a, a colleague of mine here from ABC 10, Walt Gray. Walt and I are going to discuss this later on this week because expectations for the Sacramento Kings are now really high, not just around the league, but especially here in Sacramento. And as a fan base, we've been through so much. Like think about how bad the Kings were when they first came to Sacramento. Then they finally broke that playoff drought, and that ushered in the golden era of Kings basketball where we know the Kings should have won at least one championship, right? The late 90s, early 2000s, the golden era of Kings basketball, and for however long that was, like a eight-year stretch, Kings basketball was really, really fun, the greatest show on court. Like, 
I think Sacramentans today are ready for another stretch like that. We paid for it with 16 freaking years of crap. 16 seasons of crap, almost 17 years, right? They finally made the playoffs. Now this ushers in a golden era where there actually will be a championship on the other side of it. That's the expectation. So a Kings team being bad again, not being a sustainable success, I don't know if Sacramento has the patience for that. Maybe those expectations weigh heavily on the Kings. But then I thought, no, the players aren't thinking that. that. Like That's something that I think about in my dumb head in a dark room while I'm trying to go to sleep and these thoughts are just bouncing around my head. That's not something that De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis and Mike Brown and all of them are worried about. But then I thought, what, what did Mike Brown say? Like, What are some of the things that Mike Brown himself brought up and talked about? And one thing stuck with me. Mike has been very consistent in saying that going from a bad team to a good team is not hard. What's really hard is going from good to great. My concern, my biggest concern with the Sacramento Kings this season is that Mike is right about how difficult that gap is. Now, let me explain. As long as the Kings are a good team, as long as they're a playoff team, in some sense, a good portion of this Kings fan base would be like, after all the hell we've been through, for them to be good for a handful of seasons, you know what, I'm happy with that. I, that's at least a good base point, a good starting point for me. I understand that completely. There are other fans with higher expectations than that. I also understand them completely. But going from good to great, there are a lot of factors to that, factors that the Sacramento Kings can control, factors that the Sacramento Kings can't control. To some extent, Monty McNair took a risk this offseason, same way he took a risk at the trade deadline last season. He decided to stick with the core that's here. That core, we know, is a good basketball team. In fact, I think that core is capable of being a great basketball team. I'm willing to put my eggs in that basket just like Monty McNair is. But that core, taking the time that they need to grow together, while the rest of the Western Conference is doing their thing, we got Kyrie and Luka with a full season together in Dallas. What does that look like? Does Rashawn Holmes take them over the top? And of course, I'm, I'm rooting for Rashawn, wishing him the absolute best over there in Dallas. The Phoenix Suns, the addition that they made, the Golden State Warriors adding Chris Paul, even though they're the Golden State Golden Girls at this point. Like, they're such an old team, but Chris Paul is one of the greatest point guards of all time. Like, there are a lot of teams that are still very much going for it, in addition to the Sacramento Kings who are trying to get there. So my concern is that this the, the Kings are putting themselves in a position where they're going to be good, but they can't get to that great. Something is missing for them to get to that great. And maybe they need to go through this season with that missing for Monty to address that and to figure that out to ultimately put them in that championship window. And again, I've talked about this a lot this offseason. I'm not expecting the Kings to compete for a championship next season. But I definitely want to see clear, visible improvement. I want to see the Sacramento Kings become a 50-win team and accomplish that goal of theirs. I want to see the Sacramento Kings get back to the playoffs and make it out of the first round. I want to see the way the Kings play as a team. They build upon the great foundation that they laid for themselves. That doesn't necessarily mean that they once again break their own record of one of the greatest, if not the greatest, NBA offense we've ever seen, averaging more than 120 points per game and an offensive rating of 119. I'm not saying that. But can they sustain that offense while the defense goes from bottom of the league to middle of the league? Like These are all things that, is gonna, that, that are going to be required for this team to go from good to great in this league. 
So my concern is that that gap might be harder for this team to get through than we realize. That the elation of the team just getting out of bad, out of suck, out of crap, like they've been in for almost two decades. The elation of that last season has fired me up and fired you up to a point that we're almost expecting. How can they not go from good to great when they covered all of that ground in one season? But like Mike Brown says, that was easy. This is the hard part. So my concern really is, like, is this team ready to bridge that gap? Hell, my concern is, talk about a fear of the unknown, what does that gap even look like? What is required for a team to do what the Denver Nuggets did? And look what look through look at what all the challenges that they went through. Especially when it came to like their starting point starting point guard Jamal Murray and, and betting on him, right? And the acquisition of Aaron Gordon that they had to go through. Right? Like, what do the Kings have to do to bridge that gap? And are they capable once they figure that out? How long does it take them to figure that out? And once they figure that out, are they capable of doing it? That's my biggest concern with the Kings at this point. Maybe a little more deep and philosophical than simply defense or rebounding or injuries or things like that. But that's what I'm thinking about. What do you think? What are your biggest concerns? Or I should say your chief big concern about the Sacramento Kings this season? Let me know at MattGeorgeSack on Twitter. Email me MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. And of course, if you're watching on YouTube, let's discuss it in the YouTube comment section down below. Now, I'm tearing back the curtain here. I got to be like, this is this is Matt George putting himself out there and being very honest with you about something. I am so unbelievably jealous. Of Dave Deuce Mason and Morgan Reagan. Unbelievably jealous. And that's not just because of their announcement today, which if you missed it. Deuce and Mo, the Deuce and Mo podcast, has joining them in studio tomorrow. De'Aaron Fox and Rose Fox. That's nuts. Like, that's an unbelievable get for a podcast, a local podcast, regardless of how amazingly talented both of those people are, how established they are in Sacramento in the sports scene, how established they are, Morgan and TV, even Deuce and TV to some extent. Deuce has been doing Kings Radio forever. Like, even for them, like that, to have a superstar and his family not just join you on your show, but come to your studio to join you, that is, a, that is groundbreaking for podcasting, for local podcasting. There are these massive national podcasts that are essentially glorified national radio shows. They get big guests all the time, and it's like, okay, cool. But when a local podcast, especially one that's grown and established themselves the way that the Deuce and Mo podcast has, for them to get De'Aaron Fox, for them to get Rase Fox, like that's a unbelievable accomplishment. So on one hand, the professional jealousy is through the freaking roof because, damn it, I want that on Locked on Kings, right? Now, maybe a certain tweet about ice skates or a certain tweet about John Morant <laughs> might forbid me from ever having De'Aaron Fox on my podcast, but I digress about that. I would love the opportunity to speak with Fox, Mike Brown. Wouldn't matter. Like, I'll take any, any opportunity that I have to to have the privilege to talk to a member of the Kings organization, to have that on my podcast, that's tremendous. And the reality is, as jealous as I am of Deuce and Mo getting that, that is a win for me. That's a win for podcasting. That truly is. 
So that win for the Deuce and Mo podcast is a win for Locked on Kings. And I thought, I have to spend time on the Locked on Kings podcast directing you to watch that interview. Because one, it's De'Aaron and Rissay on with Deuce and Mo. Like, hell yeah. And two, the success of the Deuce and Mo podcast doesn't hurt me. Makes me jealous, <laughs> but it doesn't hurt me. I think it helps me. Because this audience here in Sacramento, these you Kings fans are just so unbelievably loyal and, and, and you, you love your King content so much that you're willing to listen to and watch five, six, seven different shows and consume it from a def- bunch of different sources. I've been jealous of the Deuce and Mo podcast long before getting De'Aaron and Rosay on their show. Because I think the Deuce and Mo podcast is the standard bearer for podcasting in this city. And I've, I've, like, I, when I first started in the industry, and in, in, when I first started at uh, Sacktown Sports 1140 Radio, Deuce and Mo were on, or were, were working there. It was their first stint, not their second stint. Deuce and Mo were on with Jason Ross, the midday show, which, in my opinion, was the best show that station's ever had, period. I listened to that show all the time growing up. That show inspired me in so many ways. And so I got to work with them and kind of see them, and, and they actually left pretty quickly into my time there. So the majority of the time that I spent in radio, they weren't there. Like, KHDK made the horrendous decision of, of letting them go. I don't want to, like, I, I, I say all that to essentially say, like, Deuce and Mo turned a really tough situation into the best podcast, the best show in this city. Bar none. So every time I see Deuce and Mo succeed, it makes me want Locked on Kings to succeed more and more and more. And then I see the success of the King's Beat podcast. I see the success of the King's Pulse podcast. I see the success of the Return of the Roar. I see the success of Royal Rebounds. All these different podcasts, all these different shows, the, the, the Sports Ethos Kings podcast hosted by Jill Adge, D'Lo and KC, right? All the shows on Sacktown Sports 1140. All, I draw inspiration from all all of these shows. And I'm very happy to know that the Locked on Kings podcast listenership, listener group, many of them come from those shows or many of them choose to listen to those shows. Maybe you prefer Locked on Kings over one of those shows. Maybe you prefer that show to Locked on Kings. Look, I've read Reddit. <laughs> I don't know why. Kings Reddit doesn't like me very much. I, I've, I've gone on Kings Reddit twice. I should never go again. <laughs> Kings Reddit... So, Kings Reddit doesn't like Locked on Kings. I don't know why. They don't. So, just not their cup of tea. But Deuce and Mo, I think, at least I can speak for myself. Deuce and Mo has set a standard that I strive for Locked on Kings to meet. Now, these are very different shows, right? Deuce and Mo, they have their schedule. Locked on Kings, of course, is like a daily format, shorter form. There's this longer form. The two of them are unbelievable together. I, I host solo and have as many guests on as I can. Like, I wanted to make sure I took the time in this podcast to express this because sometimes people think that we're all competition. And there is definitely competitiveness between us. Absolutely. Do I want Locked on Kings to be the best show? Yes. Do I want Locked on Kings to have the best numbers? Absolutely. 100%. We're all competitive people. Just because we talk about the sport and don't play it doesn't mean we're not competitive. 
but we've all made each other better. And I think Deuce and Mo have made more shows better simply by existing and setting a standard than any other show can claim in this in this market. So I'm so fired up for them. I hate them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm so fired up for them to get this interview. I can't wait to listen to it tomorrow. And I'm encouraging all of you. Listen to it. Listen to tomorrow's episode of Locked on Kings too because I'm planning on having a great interview on tomorrow's show. But make sure you go and listen to that interview with Darren, De'Aaron Fox and Rousset and appreciate it for one, how good of a show it is. And two, appreciate it for how big of a deal it is for that show to get that and what that could mean for future podcasts here in Sacramento. That's all I want to say about that. I, I don't know. I didn't plan that. I didn't write that down. But that's that's how I'm ending this podcast, damn it. I have no, I don't know. I rambled. But lots of stuff to respond to from this podcast. Let's get back on track here. Why, do you feel as confident as I do that Malik Monk will remain a Sacramento King? What are your concerns or what's your biggest concern about the Sacramento Kings? Let me know. Feed it to me. And I got more great content coming for you this week. Like I mentioned, I have an interview coming up with Walt Gray. Uh, from ABC 10 discussing like the pressure of expectations from Sacramento specifically on the Kings. We'll discuss that. Uh, I want to discuss if the Sacramento Kings, if the Sacramento Kings could choose to play the Golden State Warriors again in the playoffs or play any other playoff team in the field, and I'm just talk, talking like the Rockets or the Spurs are the worst team in the league. Do the Sacramento Kings want the Warriors and a chance at revenge over the Warriors, or would they rather handpick a different opponent that maybe they match up better with? We'll discuss that, plus more great topics and, and, and conversation coming for you. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked on Kings. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.